Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Annoying Inkplot, and I'm Alex. I'm Jared. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're back for another week uh, because we have stuff to talk about. And it's cold outside. And it is really cold outside. If you're not in the Ohio area, then hopefully it's not as cold as this year. If you are, then you know that it's been like, oh, a low of negative two with a wind chill of negative 20. At, at that point, what's yeah, the difference? Stay like, inside. Yeah, just don't go outside. <laughs> uh, Peter Barker does not like going outside in this cold weather. He's not a fan. Shandy, she loves it. I'm, she loves the snow, everything. I'm, I'm glad that she, she enjoys it. Then. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, all right, all right, we're ready to go inside. Let's go. And yep. she's like, no. Yep, we have to bribe her to come in and force her to come in, you know, pick her up and actually carry her in. See, for us, we have to basically force Peter to go outside like, hey, you have to go outside and go to the bathroom. Like, no, I don't want to. Like, too bad. You are not going to go to the bathroom inside the house if we have any control over it. So, and Shandy, she'll get... If we let her out, she might get frostbite. She'll stay out there that long. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you're in charge, not her. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so, with that, everybody, um, this week we're going to talk about some of our... I want to say the top five best Marvel and best DC novels you can read. And I, mean, I, I would say that this is our opinions, too. Well, This yeah. isn't like top selling or anything like that. This is like uh, my five DC books are my opinions of my favorites. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I'll go first, just because okay. I'm queued up with that. Why not? Right. Uh, first one I'm going to go with is Marvels, uh, written by Kurt Busick and art by Alex Ross. I say this is a must read because it takes place back in like the golden age of Marvel, where you have like Namor, you know, when he's attacking, when he's a supervillain first attacking the world, we have uh, the X-Men and their classic you know, terrible costume design, but the art is by Alex Ross and it's modern and it looks, each panel looks like a painting and it's just phenomenal. I know Laura's not a fan of Alex Ross, but she's not here right now, so she can't argue with that. So, um, but it's, a, if you want to know like, hey, you know, how are these characters back in the day? And you don't have to, you don't want to have to look at the vintage art. I'll put it that way. Uh, for me, I'm not a fan of the old stuff. Same here. The dialogue is not great. The art is I don't I'm not a fan of. No, the slang is much different nowadays. Right. Marvels, however, modernizes a lot more, and like okay, it it looks like true art at that point, um, and you don't get lost in the oh this is just you know the the dots filling in the colors and stuff yeah. like that. Like no, this is like actual printing that we have nowadays and everything. It looks really cool. I would. I would be cool if they did more of like, all right, we're going to redo, you know, Hollywood's in the era of, you know, movie redos and restarts and all that. Mm -hmm. Then why not do that in comics too? Like, okay, have the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War redone oh, in a yeah. modern art with modern language. Still have the old costumes, but like, all right, we have better technology now. Do a yeah. redo of it. Yep. Some of it is like, it's very dated. I mean, it is a good story, but. It is, it yeah. Is. I mean, comics have gone a long way, and mm -hmm. you can still have, like, the story and everything there. But if you bring it to the now, like, all right, let's update this a little bit. Like, yeah, change the slang. Um, change, you know, just the, oh, super cheesy dialogue stuff. Yeah. Like, give more personality to it. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I mean, and Marvel's kind of teased with that with, like, Secret Wars, how they did it again. But they did it with a different, you know, twist to it. But mm -hmm. like, well, technically the other one's still continuity, but it's still old. So 
if you want to say here, 12, 13 year old that's trying to get in comic books, read this. It's a classic. You should know this for everything going forward. They may not get hooked into comics because it is very dated. Yes. And sometimes you need to modernize stuff. Yep, I agree. So I'd love to see an updated version of Infinity War. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, the original X-Men Inferno, we'll do mm-hmm. that yeah. again even. Yep. Or um, I can't think of anything else right now. But even yep. DC-wise. A bunch like, of the Spider-Man comics would be great updated. Yeah. Well, and DC even, like if they did Infinite Christ, Christ on Infinite Earths, even like, all right, modernize that art mm-hmm. or I mean, anything basically before 2000. You can definitely tell is written or is drawn before yeah. 2000. Like there oh, is yeah. a 2000 to now that blends pretty seamless. Yep. Versus everything before that, like oh, the whole you know pouches everywhere, yep. we- weird giant bodies, and just cheesy dialogue. You can tell if it's 90s and older just by yep. the look of it. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's my first one is Marvels, and what's the first on your list, Jared? The first one on my de- uh, is uh, Batman: Death in the Family. It's where the Joker kills Jason Todd. Um, I actually like the DC Classic Library version of this, not just the the trade itself, because this gives a little bit more backstory with um, uh, after Jason gets killed, Batman's a bit more brutal. Uh, Tim Drake is. Maybe he may have been introduced before this, but this is where Tim Drake figures out who Batman and Robin are, and he basically pleads to Nightwing, you know, hey, uh, Bruce is kind of going off the deep end. Uh, he needs a Robin to help him quell the anger and stuff like this, you know. So Dick Grayson's kind of brought back in. Um, the first part of the story is the death of, in the family, and that's the follow up. That's where uh, so Jason Todd is searching for his mother, pretty much. And he goes to, uh, is it Israel? I think it's Israel. Uh, I don't remember for sure. But uh, he finds his mother, and she's kind of working for the Joker a little bit. Or her uh, camp is working for the Joker. And uh, Joker finds Robin, beats him with a crowbar, and blows him up. So As voted by the fans. Yeah, as voted by the fans. Remember, folks, DC didn't kill Robin. Fans you did. did. The That's fans right. Did. So, but there was a lot of great stuff in the aftermath. It, a really great follow up to that story arc and everything. So, a lot of good stuff with uh, Tim Drake being introduced more. So, I would say that that is a a must read. It's a great story. Sets up the Batman family. You know, it's where Jason Todd starts to become the red hood this is you know his it's the fallout to yes. death and family it's not death exactly. and family it's like death and family plus yes i mean there's no red hood in this this right. is before all of that but it's kind of that that this is where this started this is where he dies and later comes back to life to become red hood all right so uh next on my list is the incredible hulk planet hulk um this for me it, is such a good not just the Hulk story, but a good comic book story in general. Because all right, you introduces the character, the Hulk. I mean, people have already read the Hulk, know who the Hulk is, but like introduces like, oh yeah, society as a whole is getting fed up with him. You know, we're tired of him destroying everything. He just wants to be left alone. What's more alone than on a planet, a peaceful paradise planet, all by yourself? What could go wrong? Uh, well, first you forced him into a rocket ship, you drugged him, you launched him into space with no pilot, it was just all AI, something goes wrong, crash lands on a different planet, and, oh, <laughs> turns out it's not a peaceful planet, it is a desert planet, there's giant warlords everywhere, basically. 
what what could go wrong with that? Uh, turns out not a whole lot actually for the Hulk. Like, sure he gets beat up a little bit, but he takes over the planet. He beats up everybody. He gets a wife. They end up having a kid later. So for him, it worked out yeah, pretty that good. Great for the Hulk, right? For the rest of the planet, he does do some liberating of slaves that were you know forcing gladiatorial combat just for entertainment of the kings and everything like that. But they also kind of destroyed the whole planet as a whole. Like, oh, we saved you and destroyed your planet. Because he has the nickname the Sakar Sun, I believe is the name. And his name, or the planet is named Sakar. So, like, oh, he's the son of the planet and whatever. Isn't that what they, he named his son also? Uh, yeah. So, or it's Sakar. I forget. The, Maybe a twist off yeah, of the planet's it, yeah. name. Okay. And... Yeah, he ends up having the kid later, and he ends up having, like, two kids. It's weird. And No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they followed up with Planet Hulk with uh, World War Hulk. Yeah. Not nearly as good. Planet Hulk was way better because it ended with him still being on the planet. And, of course, Marvel's like, hey, we can't just, like, peace out on, you know, this character that has been around forever. So we need to bring, bring him back to Earth, and here's how, and whatever. But this main story itself was just so good. Um, it has character, has um, Beta Ray Bill in it, shows up. To get, who's captured and they end up freeing him and or no is it Mary Bill or Silver Surfer? I, I know the anime movie, movie has one versus the comic had the other. I forget which one is which. I was gonna say I'm thinking Beta, Beta Ray Bill, for, but I don't know if that's right for the comic. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. One I don't of, remember. It's yeah. one or the other. Um, but yeah, it, it it's still. I mean, I say it's iconic, but I forgot that part. But it's a small detail. It's not super consequential to the story, but for me, like if you're a fan of the Hulk, this is a definitely must have for you. You, you'd be fool to not read it. But if you're just a fan in general of like, okay, what happens when Marvel unites? Like, all right, well, there's this one person that does more harm than good. How do we get rid of them? Because it shows the secret society, the uh, Illuminati, that like, hey, when he's in the rocket ship, it's mostly Reed Richards, I believe, talking to him, like with a voice message saying, listen. I know we captured you against your own will, but you always say Hulk wants to be left alone. What's more alone than on your own planet? So yeah. here you go. Yep. And the whole best intentions aren't always the good plan because they plan on, yeah, here's paradise gone forever. See you later. Don't have to worry about you. Bad stuff happens, of course. And we get Planet Hulk, but it's a great story. It was heavily influenced for Thor Ragnarok, um, where you see Gladiator Hulk in that. And yeah, so that is incredible Hulk. The Planet Hulk. What's next on your list, Jared? Um, I don't know if this is going to be a favorite of many people, but I really <clears> enjoyed <throat> this story arc. It's Superman's Sacrifice. This was kind of a crossover with Superman and Wonder Woman. Um, it collected... Oh, what did it collect? I'm guessing comic books. Yes. Uh, Superman, Action Comics, and Wonder Woman. And Adventures of Superman. So there's... A lot of good stuff. It was a good crossover. It was actually during Countdown to Inf Infinite Crisis, so it happened right before that big uh, crossover event of the, what, 2000-whatever? 2000-blah-blah-blah. Yeah, 2004 or something. I don't know. It was before Rebirth. I know that. Yeah. This is 2006 on this thing, so there there we go. So 2006 to 8-ish. We'll say it's Infinite let's Crisis Let's just do a buffer. Area. Let's do 4 to 8-ish just in there case. There you go. There you go. So, but... Um, yeah, it, it kind of starts out with uh, him facing off against Blackrock, and he's basically going to use his heat vision to stop Blackrock. 
but he really pours the power on. Jimmy and Lois are there, and it kind of melts Jimmy's camera and kind of burns him a little bit. They capture it on the news, so it's like he's kind of going a little crazy. He's a little bit more unleashed than, he, you know, he's not reserving his powers and everything like that, so... They're like, what's going on? Uh, Martian Manhunter goes to uh, talk to Lois, which I actually like because she offers him Oreos or cookies and stuff, which is a great – that's like an ongoing thing with Martian Manhunter throughout DC Comics. He loves the Oreo cookies. Well, and such a thing for Lois too to be the – oh, I know you like, – yeah. oh, yeah, you're a superhero, but also you're a, a person. Right, but she's and... like, Clark always makes me keep these on hand in case you ever stop by. Nice. So I always like that, but uh, they kind of get all of the other superheroes to ch keep an eye on Superman's closest family, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Um, it's not Captain Marvel anymore. It's Shazam. Yes. But uh, he's like checking on Jonathan and Martha and everything like this, and we come to find out that he is slowly being uh, mind-controlled by um, – uh, oh, crap. Maxwell Lord. <laughs> Maxwell Lord. And uh, it's not the same Maxwell Lord that was in Wonder Woman 2. This is actually a comic version that was the good villain. The, or better, not the, the better not the, Yeah, the better version, not the very, not good. Very was, similar to Purple Man if you watched the uh, uh, Jessica Jones on yes, Netflix. Yes, very much so. Uh, so he can mind control people and everything like this, and he gets a hold of Superman. Basically, Wonder Woman's like, okay, we're going to figure out what's going on, and they fight. They go toe to toe, and it's Superman that is not uh, restraining. He's not, he's not holding bunches. back. He is he's going, going after. And Wonder Woman, she kind of gets his butt kicked, but she holds her own against against Superman. It was a great story arc, and this is where uh, Maxwell Lord she basically gets a hold of him and is like, "Tell me how to stop this," and he's like, "Kill me," and she snaps his neck. I, you know, no hesitation. No hesitation. So I – it was a great story arc and set up that uh, the DC's trio is split now because Batman is like Wonder Woman. You you murdered somebody. You know, Batman's against her, but he's also against Superman, you know, because he's got so much power and she did everything to stop him. Why did he let him get himself into that? So it set up Infinite Crisis where your big – your trinity is split. So it was a great story arc leading into Infinite Crisis. So uh, one of my favorites. All right. Uh, next on my list is the um, Lord's not here, so I have to mention Spider Man. And for me, the best Spider Man for a new reader is Spider Verse, where it has all the dimensional ones, especially coming off the heels of No Way Home. Then we have Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and now we're going to come up with Spider Man across the Spider Verse coming up soon in the movies. Um, this has every multiversal Spider Man. That you could possibly want, really, uh, until Spider Geddon. We'll introduce more in there. But in, but this has Spider Man, regular uh, Peter Parker Spider Man, has Superior Spider Man, has Spider Man Noir 2099, Spider Gwen, so forth and so on. This is actually the introduction of Spider Gwen was in Spider Verse. And that has definitely taken off very well, where they're actually doing a Gwen Verse soon, you know, coming up, I think, in February. But it's such a cool story where. Peter Parker gets a team up with all the other versions of Peter Parker that are not like, oh, not like sister dimensions. Like, oh, you're me, but with like long hair instead of short hair. Like, no, no, it's a brand different, brand new, different Spider-Man, Spider-Man, each one 
and Peter Parker and everything. It includes Mayday Parker in there as well. Um, that one's just for you, Laura. And it has the villain is these, you know, spider slayer vampire sort of things where they go through each dimension and they are, you know, sucking the life force out of this different Spider-Mans, the spider tokens, I believe what they call them. And it's up to all the Spider-Mans across the universe to team up and defeat them. Otherwise, they're all going to be doomed and theoretically their world will be doomed because they'll be without Spider-Man. And it's it's a thicker book. It came out several years ago now, but it is definitely a really cool one. Like if you want to read like, hey, I like Spider-Ham even. Sure, he's in there too. Why not? <laughs> uh, so there's a whole bunch of different people in there too. And like I said, if you watch Spider-Man in uh, No Way Home – uh, <clears throat> this may be for you as well. So that is Spider Verse for me. What's next for you, Jared? Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, one that was a kind of a later pick of mine. I'm not sure. It, it, just picking five, it was very difficult. So this one, I'm going to mention this one. It's Superman and Batman Supergirl. This is kind of the relaunch of Supergirl, almost like a. I don't know, reboot. A soft reboot, yeah. maybe? Yeah, but uh, it's written by Jeff Loeb, and art is by Michael T- Turner, so it's really good art. The art's fantastic, but um, it's very good. It has Supergirl uh, has crash-landed on Earth long after Superman. Was, he, she was sent there to protect him, pretty much, and you know she crash-lands long after he did because of space stuff. I don't know. And uh, she's being introduced into the world of her humans and Earth as a crypt, you know, an adult Kryptonian who doesn't know our ways or anything like that. Um, Batman is the one who finds her originally, so he thinks that oh, she's a superpower and she's kind of destroying things because she's confused and you know just wrecking the place. But uh, Superman comes and stops her. Um, Wonder Woman basically comes in and captures her to basically says, I'm taking her back to Themyscira and we're going to train her. You know, she's a Kryptonian. She's powerful. She needs to be on the right side of things. Darkseid sends a bunch of cloned doomsdays to uh, Paradise Island. And all of the Amazons, Batman, Superman, they all start fighting these cloned uh, doomsdays who are, since they're clones, they're not as powerful as Doomsday. You know, Batman's sort of chance to get against they're, them. They're watered down. Very much so. Superman basically says, I'm ending this, uses his heat vision to wipe them all out. <laughs> because why not? He's Superman. Because he has the ability, so, so might as well. Yep, but during the battle, uh, Darkseid abducts her. And uh, he takes her back to Apocalypse and has basically brainwashed her to say, yeah, she's mine now. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman go after her, and Batman uses uh, all of uh, what's called um, demon spores. Is that right? Whatever Darkseid's arsenal is. Basically said, I've armed them all. If you don't let her go, I'm going to blow the planet. You know, we're all dead. And Darkseid's like, if the Kryptonian or Amazon would have used this gamble, it wouldn't have worked. But you, a human, you kill your own kind for sport, you know. If it was them, I'd call their bluff. You, yeah. You're crazy enough. You're going to do it. Yeah. So that's how they get her back. It was a great story. The art's fantastic. I love Gotham in this because it's like there's uh, Zeppelins flying around. Like the art for Gotham is awesome. It's, it's really it's good. That, that gothic style yeah. of architecture. Yep. It's got a lot of 
almost cruel Batman because Batman's kind of a jerk to Supergirl in this too. So, I mean, she's a teenager. He's going to be a jerk. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, Superman, Batman, Supergirl. This was written in 2005. Uh, next on my list is House of M. And the reason why I chose this, uh, other than because it's a great story, we thought that's what uh, WandaVision was going to be. Turned out to be not exactly accurate, but yeah, it was. it's close Ish, I, I still think I still think that there is potential for them to do a closer to accurate House of M than what we saw in Wandavision. Yeah, but, but this one stands out to me because it still has affected comic books today. Like it has stood the set the test of time. Like oh, they're still talking about hey Wanda. Yeah, you don't mess with her because remember when she you know rewrote the whole universe and and you know killing and depowering. 90% of all the mutants around the world, like, it is still so important in the X-Men today. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, remember that? And, like, it's constant throwback. Like, eh, when in doubt, we'll just throw back to that because it's that bit, that's that important. And yeah. assuming that everybody's read it, too, because it's so good. Yeah, it is very good. Um, or it's a pocket dimension where, you know, Wanda has changed the world where everyone gets their greatest desire fulfilled. So like, she's doing a great service to the world by lots of services. Like, Oh, everyone in the world, you get one wish, whatever your heart truly wants. That's what you get. The problem with that is that gets rid of a lot of free will and gets rid of a lot of, you know, what's it's, I don't know. It's like, would you rather get whatever you want or get what's fair? Life is what's fair. It may be awful, may suck, but it, hey, it's life. It's, you know, free chance versus no, we are forcing this to happen. And it, it does have, for me, it would be a dilemma like, oh, if I found out that was the possibility, would I change it back or would I leave? Like, I don't know. Like, what is right in that standpoint? Because everyone gets what they wanted, but at what cost? I don't know. The cost of reality being real at that point. But it, it's really cool to see the different heroes start to quote, wake up and figure out what's going like, Oh wait, this isn't actually our world. Whatever like that. It's like the matrix. Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Uh, um, but you know, not three movies and then a fourth one. It's just on it's self-contained. <laughs> don't talk about that. Uh, but yeah, for me, it always stood out. It is a great X-Men book. Um, it's it, a great Marvel. Book. It's a great Marvel book. It really had such a big impact on the whole Marvel comics. Yeah. Um, Long term wise, it had definitely had the biggest impact on the X Men. Yeah, it kind of. I loved how it gave everybody what they wanted to a degree, like the, with the fairness. Like uh, Steve Rogers was never frozen on ice. He was an old he man. He was an old man in this, he, so he wasn't relevant to the story at all. Right. Like you they know. took him out. Like, oh, well, that's what he wanted is right. to, to live his time with yeah. Peggy Carter, and you know, live out his you know yep. whatever. Spider Man was married to Gwen, and uh, Wolverine had, was with Mystique, I believe. Yeah. Who was shape shifting as Gene and as whoever, but he was also the head of Shield then too. Yeah. So like, so there's a lot there. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you? I think, and the biggest thing for the unraveled was Wolverine realizing, like, hey, uh, you don't mess with my mind. Like, he started remembering everything. Like, yeah. Because after that, up to that point too, Wolverine, we still didn't know most of his past. It was House of M that we they started doing. Okay, this is his actual origin, where he came from. You know, as a child, when he got his first powers, blah blah blah. That was all because of House of M. And wasn't his wish to remember who he was? I, I don't know if it was or something I, like I think that. It was, I think that was a big part of it was his he wanted to be able to remember 
his past. So he remembered everyone's past from before. And he started waking people up, I believe. I, it's been a long time since I've read it. I know I need to reread it. Who knows? Maybe on the podcast we'll reread it soon. Yeah. Um, but I know that was a big thing. Was, yeah. He wanted to know his past. And like in that world, he was, he believed he was the Nick Fury. He was head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was a very interesting, like, hmm, you know, do we reset everything or do we keep where it is where everyone's happy? But of course, you know, comic wise, there's no, if there's no conflict, there's no story. So we had to undo that and then make world not a utopia, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, that is House of M. It was my, it was my, Next to last pick. How about you, Jared? Um, I, we are on pick four. Dang. There's so many good books that it's hard to pick just five. So, But my next one is New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. This is where Slade Wilson uses Terra. In the comics, they're teamed up. I mean, she's she's a villain. But she uh, pretends to be a hero and joins the Teen Titans. They let her in. She finds out who their identities are, everything about them, and reports it to Slade and Slade goes in and t- starts taking him out one by one and he gets to Nightwing's apartment and Nightwing's able to escape. Well, he was Robin and he was retiring pretty much. He becomes Nightwing in this story arc and Wally West uh, retires from Kid Flash and goes to being the Flash after this but um, uh, since all the Titans have been basically taken down and captured, Slade's he was hired by Hive to do so, and Hive is basically going to hook all of them up and steal their powers. Well, uh, Slade's son, Jericho, joins Nightwing in trying to defeat his father. So they go in stealthily and is able to free the other Titans. Big battle ensues, and they win, you know. But Terra is killed in all the process and everything, but this is one of the greatest betrayal comics out there i think one of the good guys is actually because before this she was actually written like you didn't know she was teamed up with slade until the story arc really well and if this so. story sounds familiar to you it's because and you watched the teen titans animated series mm-hmm. that's basically the premise of the series was this yep. book this was the main blueprint that the show followed it had the same roster a lot of the same characters now they didn't necessarily change identities like nightwing and flash did yeah however a lot of that was like that's what they did with the whole series. Yeah. With the original yep. Teen Titans cartoon. Oh, yeah. It was a like, great story arc. I still haven't had a chance to read, read this yet, but like, I basically know what happened because I watched the show. Like, yeah. no, what you're saying lines up to the show that I watched. Oh, so. yeah. Yep. There's It's very dialogue heavy but easy. There's a lot of dialogue to it, but it's very easy, an easy read at the same time. Art is solid. You know, it's uh, Marv Wolfman writes it. George Perez drew it. Just fantastic stuff. Um this is one kind of we were talking about a little bit ago. I wouldn't mind seeing it updated just a bit. So I think that would be kind of fun. But it doesn't need it, I don't think, at the same time, because this is a very good story arc. So I mean, they could update the art. Yeah. But. Yeah. But it's not really needed. It's it's still good on its own. Um, they could update some of the hairstyles. Yeah. Yeah. This is was written in the 80s, so. Lots of mullets Actually, going on there. And... older than me? Big hair bands. I mean, I can just see Starfire in the front, like the super oh, hair yeah. band. Like, I, I get that's her stick, but like, it's extra curly. Like, it, it's not yeah. not a great look. No, it's 1988, so I was three. Yeah, <laughs> I I was negative one. So, uh, all right. Uh, last one on my list is a newer one that it's another X Men book that spins out of House uh, spins out of House of M, House and Powers of X. 
Um, Marvel did a soft reboot of the X-Men two years ago now, three years ago now. I think it was, might have been 2020. It was, 20, it was right before COVID. So that might have been 2019 into 2020 then. That could that sounds be. right. Um, anyway, uh, where they're like, all right, you know, X-Men has gotten crazy over the last few years. We need to pull the plug on all of it, turn it off, turn it back on again. And here we go. This is what's going on. Um, and I say that this is so important because everything right now, X-Men wise, you have to read this to know any idea why, what, who, where, when, everything's going on. And this does that. And it has a great, uh, surprise character like Moira McTaggart. Like who would have thought that Moira would change the whole future of the X-Men? Everyone thought, oh, you know, it makes sense. Cyclops, Charles, Magneto, Wolverine even. Sure. But Moira? Like that would be one of my last people to guess that would change everything. But here we go. And boy, does it change things. And it's so wonderfully self-contained. Like they stopped, like I said, they stopped all X-Men books. And like, all right, we're doing just this. I believe altogether it's 12 issues and it, I think we'll see the effects of this for several years to come because how much of a pulling the plug they did Mm -hmm. on X-Men. Now I would say the reason why they did this too is similar to the reason why they did house of M house of M happened. What? 2004. Yeah. Four or five ish. Yeah. Something like that. What was going on in pop culture then for movie wise, we had the X-Men movies. That was part that Marvel had was getting ready to start up a film division. They had no rights to the X Men. They already sold that. Yeah. So all right, uh, we're gonna kill all the X Men, all all mutants. We can't. We don't want to make more properties for them to make over. Yeah. And take over. Then shoot back to a couple years ago, Disney buys Fox. They get X Men back. Hey, hey, we're making more mutants now. Hmm. Seems a little 3D chess to me that they're playing there. Like all right, we're gonna starve them off as much as we can. So, I mean, for a while, they would stop publishing X-Men comics, too. Like, all right, we'll just stop doing that. They stopped X- They stopped Fantastic Four. Again, trying to not promote, you know, the Fox movies. Because I remember when they stopped the Fantastic Four books, was right around the Fantastic Four movies coming out. The new one, the most recent one, which was yeah, not good. I didn't even finish it. But they were trying to starve them, I think. Like, all right, we're not going to – why? Why are we going to do this? We're going to try to – because at that point, you knew they were going to try to buy them back. Like, oh, yeah. All right, we're going to starve them out. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to give them any more content to inspire off of us. We're going to do our own thing. We can survive without it. They did. They bought Fox. And then, hey, we bought Fox. Hey, there's a new Fantastic Four book. Hey, there's new X-Men. Hey, there's new this. Like, hmm, I see what you did there. Yep. So this, I think, is a good reflection of that to like, oh, yeah. the big corporate plans of Marvel implementing in certain strategic ways, looking back on like, oh, that makes sense. I don't know mm-hmm. how accurate it is because this is me just speculating. Yeah. However, on paper, it lines up to me. It does. So, it really does. But uh, other than that, though, this is still a great story mm-hmm. um, where a whole bunch of weird stuff happens. You don't need to know a whole lot of X-Men stuff going into this, but let's say you watch cartoons or you watch the live action movies. There's enough there that you know what's going on. It would be good enough. There'll be some characters you won't recognize. Oh, well, you'll get past it pretty quick. But yeah, House and Powers of X, fantastic. All right, and what is the last thing on your list? I'm still debating, actually, but I think I'm just going to go with Sinestro Core War from Green Lantern. I loved this series. Um, it actually came out in two uh, volumes, but I probably is collected into one right now. This is the prelude to Blackest Night, which was another one that 
was on my list that I chose not to do. But uh, I loved this one. This is where, you know, before this book, there was not, you know, a thousand different ring colors and stuff like that. There was basically Sinestro had a yellow ring by himself. Here's where he built his army and waged a huge war against the Green Lantern Corps. And it was good. It took on everybody. You know, um, Kyle Rayner was Ion at the time, who was like the most powerful um, Green Lantern. It, they used these entities like um, years ago, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan was Parallax. It was like the yellow energy or entity. Well, Ion is the entity for the green side, the Green Lanterns. He's the green force. Yes, exactly. The green force. He's the midichlorians. Yes. So... The Green Lanterns. Yes. So, you know, they, the Sinestro Corps wants him out of the picture. They rip the entity out of him and plug Parallax in. So they've got Ion on his side. Um, they have Superboy Prime from who was the main villain in uh, Infinite Crisis. And they bring in all the, you know, a lot of the Green Lantern villains, the Manhunters, um, the Anti-Monitor is now part of the Sinestro Corps war, I, or Sinestro Corps. I don't, still don't know why he was part of that, being he the Anti-Monitor, was. but they, he was there. Great story arc. Uh, has so many Green Lanterns that, I, like, I didn't even know their names and stuff, and it's like, wow, these characters are really amazing. Art was fantastic on these. This is another one written by Jeff Johns. Put Sinestro from the B-League to me to the A-League in, in DC Villains. It was so good. Kilowog, the uh, Green Lantern who trained new recruits, is heavily, you know, centered in this. He's a good character. He's a pivotal yeah. character. But I love how it kind of starts that uh, it's uh, so green. The green rings are willpower. The yellow rings harness fear. Batman gets a yellow ring. You know, he's by, you know, he's, he, he's, he's like this thing. He's powered by fear. I yeah. mean, it's like you have the ability to instill great fear. You welcome to the Sinestro Corps. And the more fear that you instill, the power more powerful you are. Right. And he never puts the ring on because it's like Sinestro that that's a Green Lantern villain. I'm not gonna put this ring on, you know. How's a good How's a good that. dude? Yeah. You're against him. So no. Right. So but I love the ending fight. It's you know, Sinestro, uh Kyle Rayner and Hal Jordan are all out of power on their ring. So it's just a fist fight from there. I loved it. It wasn't this huge space battle or anything like that. It was basically in some, you know, warehouse or something like that, and they're just beating the crap out of each other. That was so good. All right. So that is our list of our top Marvel and DC uh, graphic novels you guys should check out because yeah. they're cool. I mean... Yep. We should do this again because I could pick five more, <laughs> like, right now. See, I have the problem of, like, okay, I don't want to do the super obvious ones, but I don't want to do, like, so low-key doesn't matter. Same here. And here. so, like, I struggled to get my fifth one. You're like, no, no, I'm struggling to get down to only five. Exactly. So, yeah. It's, it's like, I, you know, I had Blackest Night sitting here, Infinite Crisis, and Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. You know, there's more I didn't even bring because uh, that, we may just have to do this again and pick a couple of yeah. our next five. <laughs> so. All right. So with that, we'll move on to books that came out this week, uh, today as of recording. That is Wednesday, January 26th. If you're listening to this as the episode drops, it'll be yesterday because I have the episode drop on Thursday. But that's the way it is. Um, first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about it for the last, you know, let's say 10 weeks. Saga is back. Uh, saga issue number 55. 
the Brian K. Vaughn, the Fiona Staples, the original creative team still here, still going strong. Uh, and it's another time jump that uh, they've done a couple time jumps originally. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think this is their third one. Yep. We went from baby to toddler to tween. Yeah, I'd um, say so. Or preteen at least. Yeah. And Maybe 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they're like, oh, she's eight. Like, uh, excuse me, I just turned 10 like last week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, Holy crap. This was a good follow-up. We finally do, like, if you remember at the end of our uh, recaps, Marco looks dead. We can confirm now that he is, in fact, dead. Yep. Um, I, We don't give us spoilers because it did just come out today. Yeah. Um, But. This is very graphic. It is very graphic. It includes suicide bombers, which they show everything. Um, it shows fornication, which they show darn near everything and then some. Um, it introduces some new characters, too. Yeah. Um, where we have Alana doing her thing, sans Marco because he's, he's dead. Um, we have the Will doing his thing. Yep. Um, since we got to see when we last saw is when Will and... Um, Marco were find to death to the death on a jellyfish spaceship. Uh, turns out he still has control of said jellyfish yep. spaceship. I forgot all that. I was like, oh yeah, that's what he has that because the other lady was dead. Yep. Um, and he's fully reinstated as a as a bounty hunter again. So. Yeah, and he's lost his weight. He's given, gotten back into shape. His per- character progression now. I don't like that he killed Marco, so I kind of hate him for that. Which but I mean, you're supposed to. Per- yeah, your character progression on that's been pretty good. How he went to into so deep so much depression and he gained so much weight and everything like that. And then, you know, he's starting to heal, I guess. I mean, his, his right hand is still permanently messed up. Like he has got like yeah, a hook. Yeah. He's hand. got like a hook or some kind of I mean, vice he, thing. It looks like he still has a couple fingers, but it looks like a hook. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I imagine we'll see more. Yep. But like, I love Alana in this kind of going back to her. She, she's doing everything she can to provide for her family, but she is still grieving Marco. Yep. They've done a really job writing that character now yeah and then we have prince ling is still hanging out like yep they teased before that he was going to be alana's brother and they they know he is for all intents and purposes their siblings yeah because uh prince robot is uh, last we saw was dead, dead so and they say in this he's dead you know i i don't think that's a spoiler no so but uh lying cat's still alive uh and there are so many cool little things i see like when we see the will he has his cape in one hand, his like cape costume in one hand, and he has Marco's shield yeah. in the other. Like it's still like no, he still has the gear and stuff, and like it's just cool. Um, I I will say, was it worth four nearly four years for this issue? No, but that's because I'm 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 greedy. I wanted it more sooner. Like I, it was good. Don't be wrong. It was very good. As, as mine and Mark's Pixel Week at the store. However. It wasn't like earth shattering, brand new stuff. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a great follow up to where we left off. Yeah. It really was. Um, and there, are, yeah, there are lots of payoffs of like while well, we've been waiting, like it, because of the time hop. It makes me think like, no, we live the time hop because how much gap was yeah, in between? Actually, like, I mean, uh, from a certain point of view, that's kind of how it feels. Not yeah. not a full one to one ratio, but pretty close. Yeah, let's hope they don't uh, do another time jump and we have to wait make eight a, years or anything. Yeah, make yeah. her an adult, and it's like, oh come on, right? But <laughs> it is definitely. I mean, it is definitely great if you're reading the trades. I'm telling you, folks, jump in singles now. You don't want to wait any longer. Yeah, I mean, that's what you did. Yeah, you were, you were reading a trade and you bought this one in singles. Yep. 
and subscribed. And the cool thing too, give it give credit where credit is due. It is still only two ninety nine. And it was a thick it's issue. It's a thick issue. It's the it's this quote standard comic book price cheaper than the standard comic book price because mm-hmm. normally most now are four dollars. Yeah, this one's still three. Yep, and. I will say this is my first ever comic book that I can remember off the top of my head. So there's a lot of caveats there. But I actually read the letters page at the end of the book. Oh, really? I, I was like, I don't normally read because usually there are too many things to read. I was like, no, no. All right, Brian. Yeah, that's right, Brian. I'm calling you by your first name. Brian, explain to me what happened. Why did we take so long? Um, and he doesn't go in full detail, but he does have a little bit like, okay, you know, yeah, we meant to only do a short break. But then, you know, life happens. And it was, it was a cool letters, a letter page in there. And so, yeah, it was one of the few that I, I was like, all right, I need to read. Because I want an explanation, sir. I demand this. I I have no power over it. I'm not going like, to harass you guys. You're, you know, you, as long as you do good work, I don't care. However, I want to know, dang it. So I will feign outrage as much as I can. <laughs> so that is Saga 55 without spoilers as much as we could. Yeah. And pick of the week. Pick of the new year. Yep. I mean, that's <laughs> it's only like three weeks old for the new year, so that's the pick of the new year. So far. So, yeah. Uh, Jared, other than Saga, what stood out to you this week? Uh, Superman and Robin special. This is a one-shot, and I really liked it. It was had some backstory with uh, Clark and Jonathan's um, kind of adventures. And, you know, there's basically an alarm going off at the Fortress of Solitude. Damien shows up at uh, Lois and John's place, and he's like, dude, you got an alarm going off. Connor, uh, John, he's basically like, what? How do you know that? It's like, did you bug my room? You know, <laughs> I loved it. Robin bugged his room and everything. He's like, he's like, you don't want to – don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Just move right, along. Right, So um, the, he, uh, Damien – uh, yeah, Damien gets the Hellbat suit. And they basically fly to the Arctic. To... Because he's tired of being carried one He's like either backpack or damsel in distress. They're both yeah. humiliated. I'm done doing that now. Right. So he steals the Hellbat suit from Batman and is going to fly there with Connor. They have – I don't want to give too many spoilers. They have the nice adventure. This is really a, a self-contained one-off. I mean it could set up a Super Sons that's – But nothing in the near um, future. Otherwise, it would say to be continued yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean it's going to be uh, – It ends with – to read more, follow Robin their, and Robin and read. Yeah, their respective stories. Right. So this is really one and done issue. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Well, I love the dialogue of them both understanding like, no, we're both the sons of the superheroes. It's right. hard, to, hard to fill those shoes. Right. And both of us, neither one can really talk to our dads right now. Yeah. Because Superman is off in space, you know, doing who knows what. Bruce and Damien are still feuding, so they don't have that, you know, relationship together right now. So like, yeah. we, like, yeah, I miss my dad. He's like, yeah, me too. So yeah, it was it was a good one. I enjoyed it. It is, yeah. Uh, and my last one for today is I'm gonna do two pet two packs sort of. Um, Black Cat or Mary Jane and Black Cat number one. It's a one and done. And Spider Man eighty seven. The reason why I'm going with both of these is because Mary Jane Black Cat takes place in the quote now of the comic books where Peter Parker is in the hospital. He's cover, recovering from radiation sickness. And they need to pull heist. And it, it is pretty good because the reason, like, there's this guy that shows up and he's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm uh, Black Cat. I know who you are, but you're nobody. You're watching this nobody. There's got to be something important with this dude. So I'm going to use you to steal something from me because you're the greatest thief. And MJ's like, all right, you know, we'll do this. However, you cannot point your gun at, at this guy, at Peter in the hospital. 
if you do it any way, shape, or form, we will find out, and the deal's off, we will kill you. And he's like, okay, whatever. Black Cat's like, yeah, what's the whole deal with that? And MJ's like, uh, because he's in a coma, spider sense, if a gun points at him, he will will subconsciously react and probably aggressively. We can't risk that because it might kill him too. And she's like, oh. I don't think about that. Like your body is just on instinct mode at that point because yep. he's dazed and confused and like, like, Oh, that was, that was really clever. And just to see them pretty good. Yeah. It was really cool to see that. Like, Oh yeah, you are pretty smart. You're not just this Hollywood bimbo. That's you know, like, ha ha ha. Like, no, you, there's some intelligence behind you. And they definitely have a mutual respect for each other at the end of this book where black cow is always like jealous. Like, Oh, you know, you are the one that, you know, I was, I'm the bad girl, but you were the good girl. And MJ's like, no, I was the bad girl too. Gwen Stacy was a good girl. And do you know how hard it is to compete to someone that's dead? And like, oh, that's fair. <laughs> so that was really cool. And then the other one that stood out to me was Spider-Man 87, where Black Cat again and Captain America are uh, going up to Peter like, hey, uh, the cover says, you want to wear this again? The spider suit? Prove it. And like they go through a training montage of like, get him rehabbed and back to go superheroing. Like, Hey, you can't do this at like 75%. If you're at 75%, you will die on the job because your body, like, it's not like you're sitting down at a day job. No, no. You are fighting criminals with guns that will actively try to kill you. If you mess up, then you could die. So if you're going to do this, you're going to have to fully train condition everything. So for me, like that was the, that's been like the best issue of the Spider-Man beyond, uh, beyond corporation story like they've been going on in a while. So it's been really good. I enjoyed that one. So yeah, uh, that's my two pick. I don't know if you have any other ones you want to touch on um, real quick. I wanted to mention actually two. I'm, I'm not going to go into detail on Teen Titans Academy. If you've been reading it, you know, if you haven't, you're probably not going to pick it up at this point. Or pick it up and trade. I would pick it up and trade. Teen Titans Academy is a great story so far. It's been a lot of fun. There's been one or two issues that have been a little bit, eh, you know. But it, those have been really fun. I've really enjoyed those. If you're a Teen Titans fan, check those out and trade. They're great. Uh, but Devil's Reign 3 of 6 came out. This is where Wilson Fisk is mayor and has outlawed uh, superheroes and vigilantes and stuff like that. It's Civil War, New York City edition. Yes. And there's um, – it's got um, all the Purple Man. What's his name? Uh, Purple Man. Purple Man, uh, yeah, I can't think of his I, I don't name. know his real name. Yeah, but Luke Cage, if you remember, is running for mayor against him. Um, I love Foggy Nelson is his attorney in this, so I loved that. Attorney so, slash campaign manager yeah, of sorts. Yep. So there's a lot that happens in this. A good twist later on that I was not expecting that I thought was great. Lots of good stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go into spoilers or anything because I could probably get into some good spoilers. But uh, this was a great issue. I loved it. Uh, this whole series has been so good. Yeah. All right. So, folks, we are in the show. Well, not quite end yet, but we will start wrapping up towards the end with our book of the week where we discuss Batman Hush. Uh, if you are, if you don't want to hear spoilers, then uh, we'll warn you next week we're going to talk about Noctera, uh, Volume 1, which is covers issues 1 through 6. Which the issue seven should be taking should be coming out like the week after that, so it'll time up perfectly. Um, but yeah, next week we're gonna talk about uh, Noctera. This week, Batman Hush, which Batman Hush contains issues like six oh eight or six oh four. Sounds it's right around there. <clears throat> it's in the six hundreds. I know that much. Um, 
Yeah, six oh eight to like six twenty something. And just for a point of reference, folks, um, issue ten fifty came out today. So just to show how long ago this actually came out, a lot has changed in the DC universe. Two thousand three. Yeah. So still how, in school. However, it still holds up. It is oh, another yeah. one that, like I said, if it hits 2000 or recent, it oh, still yeah. holds up because there's that art change. You can definitely tell in the story yep. and everything. It works well. Uh, this, I for, so I read it a long time ago. It's been a while. I forgot how inclusive this is to the Batman story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Batman, of course. You have Alfred, Robin, Robin. We have what being Dick Grayson and um, Tim Drake. Tim Drake. This is pre Damien. Damien was not even. It's pre Damien and pre Jason Todd coming back from the dead. Also, oh, it is actually because he's yes. still dead too. Yep. We get Oracle. We have where Barbara is still Oracle, not even back early anymore. We have Huntress. Um, we have villain wise. We get Joker, Harley, um, Penguin. I believe is in there too. Mm-hmm. Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of who's two faces there. Like yep. anybody like chances are, if you can think of a Batman hero or villain that is related, they are in this story. Uh, Scarecrow's in it, even for like a literature part of the story. Like, holy cow, they were not messing around with this one. Like, all right, we're going to have Batman story or we're going to have a little bit of everything because yep. that's what Batman's about. He's yep. not just by himself. And this is not just, this was not, this also introduced a new character called Hush. You were correct, yes. And just fantastic. And they definitely teased that where that was going to be his friend, Tommy Elliot. Like, yeah. oh, call call Dr. Elliot. I don't know. You've never heard of him before, but I'm in an injury. He's a childhood friend. And here are the flashbacks of us growing up together. Yeah. Bruce, as a kid, that's going to end well. Yeah. Um, where, of course, you know, that kid's dad dies and, you know, whatever. But... Yeah, when you find out that he is the one that turns out to be Hush and it's subliminal messages mm-hmm. to make Bruce, you know, think about that. Yeah. Um, this is where Batman reveals that he is Bruce Wayne to Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Like before this, she didn't know. We uh, uh, Talia al Ghul is in here as well. Yep. Um, so, like, I don't know if this is pre-relationship with Damien or post. I, I don't know. I know I they talked about post because they talked about when they had a fling together. Yeah, but she's definitely not like pregnant or anything. So no, no, I think I th- retconning. Yeah, you know that Damien wasn't even thought of when this was written. Right. but I think he was alive during this. Gotcha. Because and this is when Lex Luthor was the president of the United States. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go too political, but that's why. Um, Talia was in charge of LexCorp because Lex Luthor said, hey, I'm president of the United States. I have to divulge my or divulge my interests or whatever. Like, I, I don't want to be conflict of interest. I can't be running a corporation and still become president. Unlike some presidents that we've yep. had that decide, no, I can still do that. Uh, yep. <laughs> that just goes to show. Anyway, uh, but, that this was the naivety of comic books in 2003. Yeah. There's so many good things in this. Um, you know, how uh, – so you were saying Tommy uh, – use subliminal messages to implant him into Bruce's thoughts. Well, the reason he needed Tommy Elliot is because Tommy Elliot is a brain surgeon. Right. Someone cuts the bat line and he falls. Someone, he's Tommy got, probably. Yeah. 
Yep, and he's got a cracked skull, pretty much. Like, he is darn near comatose. He can't move. He only communicates via Morse code. Yep. Huntress comes in, picks him up. Yep, um, and he uh, is able to tell Alfred, hey, get Tommy Elliot using Morse code. And that's how Tommy Elliot gets brought in. And they then give the backstory of some of his stuff. Um, he's able to save Bruce without any permanent damage and everything like that, of course. Because uh, he's the world's greatest surgeon yeah. that we've never heard of before until this moment. Right. Um we get we get poison ivy, yes. mind controlling Catwoman, and then Superman. Yep, that's the theme Superman. for the night is mind control of Superman. Yes, mind control of Superman. Uh, she's basically using her pheromones and stuff like that to mind control him. And you know, Catwoman and Batman have to go to uh, Metropolis to that's hunt where, down poison ivy. And then that's when we find out that Superman's been compromised. Yes, and Batman brings the kryptonite ring. Well, and this is another one where you mentioned Lois, like having the cookies for Marshman Hunter. Again, she is like the flirt. Like she's like, oh yeah, you're Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah. she knows that he's Batman because right. her and Clark are married and everything still. Right. But it's definitely the she is. When in doubt, if you need something done, but you that doesn't have superpowers, talk to Lois. Yeah, because she can get it done. Yeah, but I love how they like snap Superman out of it. Basically, Catwoman goes to the Daily Planet and picks somebody to you know, threaten to throw off the roof. Batman tells Clark, you know, hey, you've got a choice. You can fight me or you can go save them. And Catwoman actually pushes Lois off the building. And at one point they're like, wait, you told him, you know, who who she was? And they're like, no. no. But of the people that are working at Daily Planet, there's uh, Lois, there's... Perry White. Perry White. And, Nelson, uh, and somebody else was there. Well, like, the it was time. like those three. So she's, I, we went the damsel in distress plan. Yeah. So she, so he like silently nudged her into picking Lois. And that's what snapped Superman out of the mind control. Yeah. And then Superman joined them to go take down Poison Ivy. Yeah. Uh, it was a great side story in this overall story. Um, I loved the, um, death of Tommy Elliot section where uh Harley and uh Joker attack a uh opera that Bruce and Tommy Elliot and everyone's going after well they come out to the alley and Joker's standing over uh Tommy Elliot's dead body with a gunshot and he's holding a gun you know and he's basically like dude I didn't do this Jim Gordon, I love it, comes up behind Batman because Batman's beating the crap out of him. He just killed his childhood friend, the guy who just saved his life, you know, and uh, shoots one of his bat ears off as a warning shot. I loved it. It was so good. Well, and before that, we'll go back to the, the Poison Ivy. I loved the way they found her was Crypto. Like, oh, we, yes. We have, we have this I leaf. Forgot about we that. need to figure out where she is. All right. Dogs are, you know, great sniffers, let alone a... Kryptonian dog. It's yeah. like just a little, like a little bit of everything is just in this book. And I, I really enjoy that. Just the, all right, here's this, that, yeah. and the other that you didn't even know you wanted until you saw, like, oh, well, that would make sense. Like, you need to track them down and you only have this. Theoretically, Superman could track it down, but why bother when you have crypto? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, let's just let the dog do it. And it's just, it's so logical that it works. That's yeah. my favorite. Like, it's a fantasy comic book, of course. But there's a lot of logical threads to like, oh, that would make sense. Get a hunting dog. You've got the most powerful hunting dog. Right. And yeah, if you see the Joker who's known for killing everybody, he's he's holding a gun over a dead body. Well, no jury's not going to convict. Like, hey, there he is. There's the gun. There's the body. He did it. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he wouldn't kill. No, come on. He he would totally kill someone. Yeah. 
But I love it. The next issue goes into Batman in detective mode. Dick Grayson's there as Nightwing, uh, you know, talking to him and everything like this. And he basically says Joker didn't kill Tommy Elliot. Yeah. You know, it was meant to look like that, but he didn't do it. There's so a setup. Somebody else is pulling the strings. This is where he starts figuring things out. Uh, I love this. There's a call. They have to go out and stop the Riddler. So they're actually having conversations um, in the Batmobile where Dick Grayson's like, dude, you need to tell Catwoman who you are. You know, he's like, yeah, shave first, though. I love that little line, shave first, because Catwoman they, <laughs> says it too later. Making it and Bruce like, oh, I should have shaved. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dick was right. I should have. Oh, yeah. But they, it, it, they narrate the teamwork between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson so well. And even Bruce is like, he's better than me. You know, I thought a great showcase for Nightwing, even though he was only in the story for that, this one issue, basically to move the story forward and, you know, get Catwoman and Batman together. Then we get more Talia and Raj, or Raj or Raish or however you pronounce Al Ghul, and just it, there's just so much there, mm-hmm. and they have a little interlude of them like talking about being basically themselves, like in the Batcave, and it's not just Batman and and Catwoman, it's Bruce and Selina yeah. as well. This is where we actually get a glimpse of Two Face, but he's cured. Quote, he actually quote cured uh, kind of like plastic surgery and he's only got one face now he's uh, you he, know he is harvey dent yeah he is not two-faced he's harvey yep. now and there's a story to play later on after they do infinite crisis to where they do a one year later story arc but uh the backstory is during that time off all the superheroes basically like yeah we need a vacation and harvey dent's the one who protects gotham so there's follow-up to this going forward too and it i thought it was great but there's so much without well, I mean, we can't go over everything in detail. Yeah, we can't. But we see a return of Jason Todd, but it turns out nope, it's Clayface. Mm-hmm. Like just mess with them. Like Oh yeah. It also shows I do want to point out kind of one more thing. Um after Bruce reveals his identity to Selena, takes her to the Batcave. Well, he has Robin like jumper, like, what is she doing here? She's a villain, you know. But it was Batman and Tim Drake actually like teaming up right. to test her. They're, right, testing you know? her loyalty. I thought that was great. I'm like, okay, it looks like Dick or Tim Drake's just being a little brat. And you I, know, mean, I mean, to be fair, it's not great for the relationship of, oh, I'm starting with the test. Like, that's no, not, not a great start for that. Not However, at all. But, it's yeah. very, it is very Batman, though. Yes, it was very Batman. Um, and then we get the final showdown. Yeah. I mean, we the we're. The final showdown of. The return of Jason Todd. And well, then there's uh, just the – I'm saying the final final where Bruce finds out who Hush is. Yeah. And yep. like, oh, puts the pieces together where yeah. where uh, Hush Tommy is like, oh, yeah. And Bruce like, you know, we took you in after your parents almost died. And he's like, yeah, it's your dad's fault that I, I begged the driver to stay home. I cut the brake lines. I wanted both my parents dead. Yeah. It's your father's fault that he was too good at his job that my yeah, – sure, my dad died. That was part of the goal, but he kept my mom alive. Yeah. So I couldn't get my inherit. I couldn't get my trust immediately. I had to wait until I became an adult sort of thing. Like, you are psychotic, kid. Yeah. Like, Batman's – let's be fair. Batman Bruce is psychotic as well. Yes. However, it's the psychotic good – yeah. Versus Tommy's like, oh, it's they are from Psychotic the cup. Selfish. They are cut from the same cloth, and they make they chose two different paths. One yeah. was to avenge. The other one was to do whatever they wanted. Yep. And that's what Tommy chose was oh, to yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah, but they have a huge fight with Jason Todd and Batman. 
loved it. You know, Catwoman's trying to step in, and Tim Drake, Robin's like, no, he has to do this alone. Because Tim Drake's been living in the shadow of Jason Todd's death this whole time. Right. And Batman starts to figure it out that that's not Jason Todd, because he hasn't called him Bruce once. Right. And, you know, he's like, you're not the Robin who died. I love that. Because you don't know who he actually is. Yeah, you don't know who I am. And it turns out to be Clayface. Yeah. And just so much goodness stuff. Uh, the ending of Hush, where presumably he's dead, but we don't find a body. So nope. nope. But I love that it's Harvey. Harvey shoots Hush. Yeah. And Gordon's like, "Hey, all right, I got you. You killed him. Like you killed him. I'm gonna arrest you." Blah blah. And Harvey's like, "Good luck. I shot him with your old service revolver. No jury will ever commit commit me. Like or convict. Like who?" He is he is still a lo- a lawyer mm-hmm. like at uh, like at his sane peak he is still a lawyer yeah and it, he kind of does peace out just a little bit with the uh, Robin who really Clayface's Robin and Riddler was kind of behind that yeah <laughs> so there's more pieces to it it was one of the best Batman stories out there like I said it because it has everything it does it has everything and everyone in there and that's I think that's what's most impressive like this is twelve issues. It has everything. Like, if you okay, here's a Batman story. Just play with the toys however you want. Well, I'm playing with all the toys at this point. Yeah, and they do, and yep. it works out so well. Yep, they have Batman's uh, the Batplane, the Batmobile, you know, motorcycles. You name it. They've yeah. got all the toys. And, and uh, that is why it was. It will always be one like, hey, you want you want to read Batman's book? Here, read this. Yeah, and if you don't know these characters, like. Oh, let's say you don't know Huntress. It showcases Huntress fairly well to where it's a great introduction to that character. I would say the most obscure characters are right at the beginning. Huntress and Killer Croc. Yeah. Most people outside the comic world don't know who those characters are. Yep. But it introduces who they are well enough that you can figure it out. And you, it doesn't linger on them. So you're not like, all right, no, what's this deal with this person? Like, no, no. Right. We got what we needed out of this. We can move on. Right. And I'm pretty sure in the Nightwing issue, I think that Batman says Nightwing, Dick Grayson, the first Robin. Right. You know, so it, he kind of narrates or a monologue in his head of who, who people are, too. It's a great introductory for everybody. Like, all right, if you know what's going on, then great. If you don't know what's going on, it'll it'll teach you enough and you'll be good enough to go. Yeah. And yeah, it just it, it's really cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> now that's out of the way, let's talk about the part that you always forget nope, about. I forgot to grade it, uh, and I did forget about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's The grade of Batman Hush, five out of five. I, for me. Same here. Five out of five. Uh, and that's as a Batman book, as a DC book, as a comic book, because yeah. it has a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, Especially when you know- it's not overstuffed. Right. And when you know, hey, I want to read a Batman book, here you go. It's yep. self-contained. You don't need to wear anything before or after. You're good. Yep. I mean, maybe a little bit like uh, the Robin who died. But you don't, you don't have, have to, to. You don't have to because, read Death in the Family. Because they talk about oh, it. Jason Todd, there was a Robin who died, you know. Right. They, they talk about enough yeah. in there that you're good. Yeah. It gives you the backstory in this. So, yeah. Uh, I give it a five out of five. Same you give it a five out of five. All right, now. Now the, that's the part I forgot. Now the part you forgot about. Since we, since that was the part I forgot about. part you forgot. Hero of the Week, comic book or otherwise, I'll buy a little bit of time. I'll go first, and I'm going to say Black Cat for the saving of Peter Parker within the Mary Jane Black Cat one shot, and then the training Peter Parker to recondition, like, it's gym class all over again, where he's got to learn how to be a superhero. It's not just, oh, this is every day. No, no. You're rusty. Get back into it. Have your body figure out how to do this again. So, my Hero of the Week, comic book or otherwise, is going to be Black Cat. 
I bought as much time as I could for you. Okay, I'm going to go with um, Damian Wayne Robin. He was so much fun in this Superman and Robin comic. It, he's always so dark, gritty, gr- you know, just a little sc- snot-nosed punk. But, but in this one, it's like he's doing it to his best friend, and it actually works really well together. Like, the two, them two offset each other so well. We, he I, was fun in this. He was funny. I mean, he's cracking jokes. I would say the last three months, they've really cheered up him as much as they can without doing a whole lot. They got to keep it's, him it's a, but it's a But it's a natural cheering up because like the um, Superman son of Kal-El, when you find out that uh, John is at least at least bisexual, probably more so gay than anything. But he's like, Dave's like, no, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm glad that you are happy now. Whatever yeah. makes you happy, I'm glad you have someone in your life for that. Yeah. Like, he is maturing. But still being the son of Bruce Wayne that you would son of Batman yeah, that you would expect. Still a bit of a jerk. Right. But yeah. in his own like, oh no, he is doing this for the for the greater good. Yeah. So So yeah, that, that's a, I think that's a good pick. So with that, we will say, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing the social media post. Hi space. I, I know most of you guys don't <laughs> share. I know I ask every time, but hey, if you made it this far. Do a man of solid. Just do one one social media post, like saying, "Hey, this is a local podcast from a local comic shop. Check it out. See what you think." Um, or just come at least come into the store. I know we had one customer today that came in. We we're talking about Hawkeye that we we're talking about last week. So last week or two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, uh, and he was like, "Hey, was that the book that you guys were talking about in the podcast?" I was like, "Cool, thanks for listening." Uh, so you know who you are. Uh, I don't know you that well, so I don't know if you want me to say your name on the air, but you know who you are. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we'll thanks be, for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. Um, again, book club book for the podcast will be Noctera Volume One. So that's what we're going to talk about next week, and of course, comic books and other subjects. And Laura should be back next week, barring any complications. So All right. With that, we'll see you next time, and have a good one. ears are all sweaty from the headset. You know, it's cold outside. My ears are sweaty.